You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. Text us 865-658-5824. I was uh, just telling Jacob offline here. We uh, think we're we're heading into the, the depths of strep throat, possibly. So oh, apologize for the voice. Nothing a little whiskey can't knock out from time to time, but we're, we're just kind of treading some choppy waters at the moment. But, Jacob, man, been a long time, buddy. How you been doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Yeah, it feels like I haven't seen you guys in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, where, where's – we got no Tim today, I just assume? No, he's Tim. still he's still dealing with Milwaukee tools. He's trying to get the, the new unreleased stuff, and he's trying to get us an advertising space and all that marketing. So I appreciate Tim doing the doing the real work. He's down there at Milwaukee headquarters, you know what I mean, trying to make things happen. I imagine it's like Michael Scott and, and Dwight Schrute out there on the lawn of, of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of hanging out out front thinking they're doing something, right? Now he's uh he's in Milwaukee with family helping uh helping his mom move and take care of some stuff. So Tim being the the uh son of the year, you know, that type yeah, of thing. Just uh, the good man that he is. But obviously we got some salary cap news we're gonna talk about today. We might get into a little bit of draft talk on the back side of the pod too. Uh, Jen Wright in the chat. I may go camera off and you may see me mute from time to time. That's so you guys don't see and hear me hacking over here. But Jen Wright says sorry diesel refill. Gotta have that diesel early in the morning folks. Everybody get you diesel. Everybody good on diesel right now? We good? All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know about you, uh, Amelia. I don't know what you got in that uh in that thermos. Yeah, what, what is that? Is that a thermos? What is that, Stanley? No, it's a, that's that? a, no, it's a yeah, it's a knockoff. You know, Stanley. Uh, <laughs> that Stanley, that fake Stanley. Right? It's got a little bit of Irish cream in it. That's fair. All right, there you go. Okay, getting getting it started right. Um, did you guys see the news on the salary cap increase? First of all, have you guys been keeping up with that at all? I missed it. I saw. I, it. I did my homework. All right, there you go. Jacob's prepared. So Dang, here's basically, I already feel. <laughs> it's all right, Emilio. You got you just enjoy your Irish cream, man. We'll 
<laughs> so salary cap increased, obviously, to uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted out. It says salary cap news. The NFL announced that the 2024 salary cap will be $255.4 million per club with an additional $74 million per club payment for player benefits, which includes performance-based pay and benefits for retired players. Total 2024 player costs will be $329.4 million per club, or more than $10.5 billion, with a B, league-wide. The unprecedented $30 million increase per club in this year's salary cap is a result of the full repayment of all the amounts advanced by the clubs and deferred by the players during the COVID pandemic, as well as an extraordinary increase in media revenue for the 2024 season. So you're getting a little combo of the spillage in from the COVID year, as well as the the mark, the TV marketing money, all that stuff coming in. So you got a little Fauci money here. You got a little bit of uh, <laughs> Fauci has, has entered the conversation. You got a little Fauci money. You got a little um, TV money too. So listen, the league's, the league's in good, uh, in a good spot. I believe I think, I think we all feel comfortable saying right now, I wanted to talk about the cap history real quick because it, it, the first thing you want to do, like from a business standpoint, when when the cap changes, it's real easy to spend money you don't have, right? It's real easy to go spend money that might not necessarily be there in the next three to five years. So I like to kind of look at the projections and go, okay, is this something that's realistic? First of all, how often has it gone backwards? That's the first question you got to ask yourself, right? So if we do this by by yearly, thank you so much, there, Emilio. I appreciate that, buddy. Um, in 2011, it was 120 million. We'll just go year by year, starting in 2011. 120, 121, 124, 133, 143, 155, 167, 177, 188, 198. And then, of course, in 2021, because of COVID, Fauci stepped in and said, give me my cut. It dropped down to 183 million. Okay, so that's the only time it's went backwards. Then it jumps to 208, 225, and now 255. The reason I want to show that graphic is minus a, a pandemic, right? Minus the flu outbreak, I should say. It. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're always going to be increasing in cap. I feel really comfortable saying it. Now, a part of me, the business owner in me, makes me want to step back and go, hold up. Now, that's a big increase. That's $30 million, right? Is there a chance it slightly goes back next year, seeing that there's a lot of there's a lot of pump up in this year's cap increase, right? My answer is no. I don't see it going backwards. But I do have a little bit of hesitancy in the background of my mind going, is there a chance that this is really, really inflated with the media money instead of the repay back from the COVID year? But nonetheless, feel comfortable setting your market. The whole point of showing this graph is next year. Are we comfortable assuming that the cap will be at least $255 million? I think it will. But um, it's a lot of money, Jacob. You got that much money laying around there in the cushions, bro? Oh, boy. I wish I did. If I did, there'd be some weird stuff going on in the in the city. That'd be sure. <laughs> there'd, be, there'd be signs. All of a sudden, there'd just be like a tiger in my backyard, chained up. <laughs> weird stuff going on in this city. I love it. My Absolutely place. love it. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of your cap history. Now, how does that affect the Green Bay Packers, right? That's what everybody wants to know. So let's kind of dive into it. These are the 2024 cap totals for the Green Bay Packers, Okay. Let me get that logo down real quick. All right. My bad. No, that's okay. It's all right, man. Um, I, I'm sure I'm sh- should have known it said cap total, but you know me, man. I'm over here on on Dagum Day Quill and <laughs> Day, Day Quill whiskey and a little Irish cream myself. So there we go. Um, 2024 cap totals. All right. Um, 
salary cap total $255.4 million, right? You've got from the 2023 season rollover cap of $8.7 million. Some people are going, what the heck's that? Basically, there's a rule in place in the NFL that if you however much money you stay under the cap, you can roll that into the next the next year. OK, so the, the Packers were eight point seven million under the cap last year. Many people go, but wait a minute. We had Aaron Rodgers' cap penalty. We had this. We had like over 50 million in cap penalty. The 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 gloom and the salary cap gloom and doomers told me we were screwed. Right. Correct. We still rolled $8.7 million into this year, okay? So the adjusted salary cap is now $264.1 million for the Packers. Understand this, this graphic comes from Spotrack. You can go to over the cap. It's a little bit different. I always say you're going to be within $5 million of, with these figures, okay? So don't, don't you know, lose any sleep trying to split hairs here. All contracts come to $250.9 million. With just your top 51 contracts, it's $244.5 million. Now, what does that mean? You only have to account for the top 51 uh, contracts against the cap. Okay. So basically the other players that are on the roster that are, you know, not, you know, that are 52 and 53 on your active roster or whatever, right. Those, those numbers don't even count towards the cap. It's not a huge deal, but it is just kind of a little thing that they do. I think they allow it for a little buffer dead money, $7.1 million. So total in all $258 million, a uh, total with the top 51 is 251.6 million. So your cap space with all is $6 million. Your cap space with just the top 51 is $12.4 million. Now, to the best of my knowledge, that does not include the uh, draft class. Okay. So let's go to the rookie estimates for the draft class. We're set to pick at 25, 41, 58, 88, 91, 126, 167, 203, 215, 242, 250. Now we know they're going to move around a little bit. So that's going to be a little bit off at the end of the day. For pick 25, this is when you guys hear me talk about how the league, you know, the, the, the new CBA set this, this rookie pay scale and how it completely revolutionized the way that. GMs and front offices operate in the NFL now. This is what I meant. In the past, that number 25 pick might have costed you a boatload of money. You, you would have to negotiate with them as if they were a free agent, even though you did draft them, right? Well, now it's set on a rookie pay scale. So basically that number 25 pick, the, the cap hit for 2024 is only going to be $2.5 million, okay? Um, so you go to 41, it's 1.6. At 58, it's 1.2 at 88. It's one, uh, basically one flat. It's one flat at 91, of course. At 126, you're now under a million dollars. So really, starting in the fourth round, your cap hit is less than a million dollars for these rookies. When you play cash over cap, which is what the Packers have done the last few years, really the entire league has done. To the best of my knowledge, there's zero teams that has used that has not used voidable years. Okay, so this is precedent across the entire league now. When you get outside of the third round, you're under a million. Really, when you when you get outside of the first round, you're under two million. That's a pretty good bargain. That's why I'm team trade back. If you trade back from the 25th pick, you're lower in the cap hit, plus you're increasing your opportunity to hitting on one of these prospects as opposed to trying to put all your eggs in one basket trading up and that type of thing. Now, if there's a, uh, a generational talent. People like to throw that around a lot, you know, very loosely today. There's a generational talent that falls. That's a whole different ball game, right? If you can if you can go up there and get an Ed Reed, if Ed Reed falls to eighteen, you're you're, you're probably going to trade up, and take him, right? Like when you look at it from that that angle, it makes a lot of sense. So does all that make sense there? And again, these numbers, guys, they're a little bit back and forth, right? Like I said, leave about a five million buffer, and you're going to be pretty close to where you're 
supposed to be. So you basically take that 12.5, but look at the top 51 hit, right? It's 8.5. So if you tack that on, you see we're going to be about $4 million under the cap as it sits right now. Now, there's some June 1st stuff that comes into play. Let's don't get too lost in the weeds. The whole point of this exercise is the Packers have plenty of money that they can free up and spin, as we've talked about. I've got I've got a whole list here of about 10 players where you can free up cap if you want to go on a little bit of a spending spree here. But obviously it's good news for us, but it's also good news across the board. Jacob, you've been in business. You've, you've ran restaurants. Um, it, it's not like the Packers are the only ones that came up with this money, right? So it's, it's not huge new, uh, news. But what it does say, in my opinion, if you want to keep Bach, you can keep Bach. I still think you need to get that cap number down if you're going to bring him back. Um, probably the same thing with uh, with Aaron Jones, although I would be more more enticed to to just keep Aaron Jones where he's at, Jacob, just because, hey, look, look what he's done for the franchise. He took a pay cut last year. I'd be willing to swallow that $17 million a lot quicker than the $40 million that Bach is due. But what do you think, Jake? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. Like you said, it's uh, the doom and gloomers up until that moment Friday. They were telling us that this is not possible. You know, we've talked about it so many times with the Rodgers contract, the Bach yep. contract, Aaron Jones contract first and second time uh here we are again and you know not to be sound glow to you never but i think we just need to remember that going forward especially when we get around the off-season time everybody turns into a, an accountant and an expert and i think <laughs> i think you handled it the best way because we were just looking you know spotrack seems to be almost spot on i mean there's yeah. a reason why uh they get they, they get paid to do what they do um and then yeah i i think that i read one article and they they Compared it to like when you put on your winter jacket and you find 20 bucks in your pocket, and you're like, whoa, that's right. right, right. I know I'm riding high, you know. And so when I first read it, I think a lot of people got misled and thought that we'd end up like 30 mil ahead. But once you crunch right, down right. those numbers, it's it's nice way to because yeah, I was hearing roughly about 13 actually is what it kind of helps us with. And we are still at the bottom of the barrel as far as the NFL is concerned in cap room, I think, still. But like you talked mm-hmm. about, there's anywhere from I would say, yeah, eight to ten players where we could restructure and hopefully come out with quite a quite a bit of cap room i think i may have that graphic too i, I meant to pull it up or at least i can pull it up uh by team cap but yeah mike hebring said it's the swifty effect too much i listen too much taylor swift um, and then he also went on to say what was that second one there uh, happy yeah. combine week yeah happy combine week live oh, it crazy. Uh, probably saying love it let's go fellas man mine always auto correct auto corrects to live it too. <laughs> every time i say love it says live i'm like what the heck are you like Anyway, but thank you for the super chat, Mike. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, yeah, so I think – I don't know if I had that graphic or I just had it pulled up on the screen. Yeah, I just had it pulled up on my screen to, to answer that question or, or make a comment there, Jacob. Right now we're 22nd in cap space at $12.4 million, and this is according to Spotrack. Dead last at 32nd. This is the difference. We are $12.4 million in the positive, according to Spotrack. As everything sits on this current date, I just told you there's a lot of different things that's going to shift that around to where you might be a little over the cap at certain points of the year that you're going to have to get under. But the Buffalo Bills are sitting at negative (laughs) 41.3. All right. Now, again, just like, you know, remember the Saints, 80 million? They were projected 80 million over the cap. They're already negative 38.8 million over the cap. They're going to get under the cap like that. The The big conversation piece here, in my opinion, Emilio, is if you want a player, the the top priority is get the right players on your team. The Saints have proved – people think they're proven a point when they say, well, the Saints are a perfect example of how you ruin your cap. Their cap is not the issue. Their issue is they don't have the right talent. The goal is to get the the correct players on your team, 
right? You want the most talent, but you more importantly, you want the most talent that's going to fit what you're trying to do schematically. I feel like they're just firing from the hip. Yes, they're overspending. Yes, they're horrible at managing the cap. They're always going to get under, but they're going after players that they want. The problem is the players that they want suck. You know, that's what it essentially comes down to. They said Derek Carr is the guy we want to build our franchise around. So they went out and overpaid for good, not great. We talk about that all the time. Michael Lombardi 101, never overpay for good, only overpay for great. They they are the poster child for overpaying for good. But the goal, Mm -hmm. Emilio, right, is to get the best roster. That doesn't necessarily mean spending the most money, right? No, no, and that's exactly it. With that being the case and the salary cap, I think that was, you know, what, like you said, one of the best things that happened to the GMs and the front offices uh, for the NFL. Because when we watched that Rodgers clip, what were they talking? Like they, they had to work out like 20 million or, you know, 13, 14, 15 million. You know, what team needs a quarterback? Do they have the cap space? All that stuff. All that's out the window now. Two million for a player is like, you know, barely vet minimum. So, yeah. On a two-year, four million dollar or four-year, two million dollar deal, I mean that's that's easy money. So um, you know it's uh, it's cool to see them them work those numbers. But like you said, man, it doesn't really come down to it. It really comes down to the players on the field, not not the numbers they're jostling around, you know, on yeah. the back end. We predict it every year, Jake. If you've been doing this podcast with me for for two years, every year do we not predict the time frame? We go, okay, this is the time of year where everyone freaks out over the cap. They freak out. Not everyone, but there's a select few that like to build this doom and gloom. Boy, they, they're in trouble. They better do something. This is kicking the can down the road. Keep kicking it down the road. And then you get through this point. They get under the cap. And now everything stops for 2024 and they move on to 2025 and they'll start creating the same narrative. They, I don't know how this team's going to get under the cap. And it's 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 just silly. man. I, I know that because I used to be one of those guys. I was one of those guys that bought that fear. Right. Like every year I was like, God, what are the Packers doing? Man, we got to you got to manage this cap better than this. After about the third year, I'm going, I have been worried about the cap for three years. And there's been no issue with them getting any player that they want. The question is, do they really want that player? And is it a fit for what they're trying to accomplish right now? So I just say that this is it's every every year at this point on the podcast. We're going to put out a little bit of advice to Packer fans. Don't buy the fear mongering. They're. They're trying to push something to get their clicks up, get their content seen. That's what they do. Let them do their thing. But don't don't let it ruin how you approach the offseason. Because if the Packers want Xavier McKinney, they'll go get him. If the Packers want Antoine Winfield and he's available and not franchise tag, they'll go get him. Like, it's just the question is, you, you got to weigh out the pros and cons. How much cap space is that eating up? That's why I just focus on cap hit. Cap hit, cap hit is the only thing that matters to me because you can bend and finagle this cap a hundred different ways. Base salary, roster bonus, converted to signing bonus, kick it down the road. You can push stuff up to set yourself up for a run next year. You can do whatever you want to do. The number one goal is getting the right players on the roster. That's that's the whole point. Now, over the cap, um, just to kind of give you guys a little comparison, and there's always a little bit difference here, okay? Um, with over the cap, they're showing team cap space at $2.3 million, okay? Um, they're, they're showing like top 51 at 244.6. So you see what they're currently showing is 2.3 million. And then on Spotrack, we're showing uh, 12.4 million right now. And that's what I'm saying. Those two, they they allocate things a little bit different in the time frame in which they use. So some people like over the cap. Some people like Spotrack. Some people will see that Spotrack going, that's not accurate. Okay, fine. But I'll play along with you. Okay, so you're saying the Packers are screwed? Well, no, I'm not saying it. You're trying to split hairs. 
the Packers have money to spend if they want to spend it. That's the mm-hmm. whole point. So can I add one more quick thing too to that? Yeah, absolutely. Just another aspect of like we talk about how great they are and you know, maneuvering the numbers and restructuring the contracts. And but another big component I think that goes maybe we've talked about it, but it's Goody's ability to get talented players late in the draft. Like you talked about just guys that are not being paid barely, I mean, in comparison to the top three rounds, really anything for the first three, you know, two or three years of their careers kind of thing. And I think that if we look at once, we don't have to segue into the draft, but if we do talk about it at all today, even if we can just show you guys, like like, uh, we do like a first round mock, what it is, if we drop down like even two to seven picks out of 25 to like say 28 or 29, the amount of compensation we can get and then mm-hmm. still maybe get like a Nubin or, you know, uh, somebody like that. It's crazy to see how the rest of the draft, you can stack up some crazy, crazy compensation there. But Right, yeah. And, you know, with with that comment, that's obviously us not knowing what Goody's board looks like. His, right. his number one guy on his board might be sitting there at 25. That's a whole different approach, right? Like, but – Every scenario that we've seen, if his board lined up with the boards that we're comping, and we're comping like four different boards, I've got a mega board that I'm putting together where I'm putting in a whole bunch of information to kind of get like a really, really good average baseline. Um, you're not going to get any one ranked too high. You're not going to get any one ranked too low. I feel like it's a very, very safe, uh, you know, uh, uh, evaluation, I guess you could say. Um, but in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Every single scenario suggests for the positions of needs for us, if these players are available, trade back you save money you get more picks and you're still going to get the guy that fits your positional need at that specific moment if goody's board stacks up that way right um and and we all know it's it's darn near impossible to predict goody's draft picks we did pretty decent last year picking you know predicting a few of them but for the most part man it's uh it's like shooting craps no doubt about it um chad inc in the chat said uh the Bengals tag t higgins that hocking cap and the Bengals took advantage of it. There you go, man. They immediately said, and here's the thing too, they may still trade him, right? Like, you know, just because you tag him doesn't mean you're going to keep him. Remember we kind of did that with Tay. Right. They may be 
uh, beyond repair there. They could play hardball, right, and just say, "Hey, look, you know, you're gonna, you're either gonna sit out or you're gonna play this year." Um, but yeah, they that could be kind of a, a tool used to trade as well. You know, they were one that surprised me to be honest with you. I was expecting who was, who, you know, Joe Burrow signed a huge contract, right, guys? Remember he signed that big deal, and it, wouldn't that make you think? Well, I bet the Cincinnati Bengals are up against the cap, right? The Bengals are sixth in cap space. Okay, their top fifty-one. With their top fifty-one, they're at seventy-four point two million in the positive. Wow! In twenty twenty-four, and they got Joe Burrow. Now, what's Joe Burrow's cap hit? And this is what I'm going to kind of point out. He's got the highest cap hit on the team, twenty-nine point seven million. People are going, well, it should be higher than that. If you click on Joe Burrow's contract, this is how it's broke down. In twenty twenty-four, the cap hit is twenty-nine point seven. In twenty twenty-five, it's going to jump to forty-six point two. Now, why do I say that? That's the kind of transition you're going to get into when you re-sign Jordan Love, mm-hmm. right? When you get a deal done, it's not like the very next year is going to be, boom, oh, crap, there's a cap. Now, people are going, how did they do that? You basically got – he's under contract for 2025, 2026, 2027, 2028, and 2029. So he essentially signed a one, two, three, four, five, six million dollar deal, right? With that $6 million deal, they also tacked on one, two – three voidable years. So over those voidable years, they've got $9 million allocated in 2033 in 2031 and $1 million in 2032. But the structure's in place to convert along the way and free up cap room. So next year when they go into the cap or into the season, if they're kind of up against the gun with that $46.2 million cap hit, they've got $25.2 million in base salary that they can convert the signing bonus and then spread that out over those three voidable years and free that up. I mean, you, you could say, let's just, let's focus on 20 million, right? You could free up 20 million in cap space, which they probably won't need to do because that's not a, and the cap's going to continue to go up. You, people are hearing this going, man, a cap really doesn't matter. Does it? It doesn't. <laughs> the, the only thing that matters is the, the, it's very date sensitive. If you don't have this stuff in order and you don't have a long, long-term vision of, okay, here's how we're going to fit all this into place. That's how you end up losing people like Zadarius Smith. Right. Not that there was a mistake there. I think they were weighing the pros and cons along the way. And so, you know what, we'll probably just cut him and free up all that money because he mm-hmm. was he was, you know, pissed off. He didn't have a captain's chain. Right. So there you go. But yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of how the cap lays out. William in the chat said, uh, why do we not talk about what a new contract will cost us with Jordan Love? We have like three times. Mm-hmm. Honest, we, we've done episodes on in the past. We're going to kind of touch on the upcoming free agents. So you'll get a little bit of that right now. Uh, matter of fact, let's just do it right now. Let's look at 2024. So when we look at the 2024 cap situation, these are the free agents this offseason, okay? Let's start with the unrestricted free agents. you got Yash Nyman, Keyshawn Nixon, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, A.J. Dillon, Eric Wilson, Josiah DeGuara, Tyler Davis, Jonathan Owens, right? Now, there's a few in there that you want to keep, but there's, there's many on that list right there that kind of leave you. Who? <laughs> so... Yash, to me, you know, and it shows his number from 2023, 4.3. To me, it's not worth it. It really isn't. And I think Yash is a good football player. But we put that that tender on him for, I think it was a second-round tender. And basically what that means is we're going to pay him $4.3 million unless someone someone else can come in and take his services from us, but they got to give us a second-round pick. So what, however much money, amount of tender that you put on a player – that is now equated to a draft pick. Obviously, a team's not going to trade a second-round pick for Yash. I don't like him back at $4.3 million. I think you let him test the market. 
maybe you can get him for half that. You know what I'm saying? Keyshawn Nixon, $4 million, I think his fair market value, which we'll hit on here in a second, is under two in most cases from where I'm reading. Uh, Darnell Savage, his is a 3.1. You're going, how is it 3.1? He just signed a seven or an eight year, um, what was it, a, a $7.9 million deal. It's because we tacked on voidable years and spread it out, right? That's what just accelerated. So his cap hit is actually on the books this year is like, I can't remember how much it is, whatever, $5 million or whatever against the cap for us this year in dead cap because we use those voidable years. See, the money always comes due. It's basically cash over cap is the cash is the check that you write, the check in hand for the signing bonus that the player gets the cash immediately. The cap aspect is the allocation, the accounting of that money, and you can do that over the structure of the voidable years unless they're not on your roster. He's not on our roster, so all that stuff that we stacked up in the form of like $1.3 million over three or four years has now accelerated to the current year because he's no, no longer on the roster. You did not extend him, therefore that money gets accelerated into one cap penalty. That's how that works. Now, Jonathan Ford, Rudy Ford, $1.5 million. I don't think there's a huge market for him. I want him back so bad, guys. I really do. Rudy, I want Rudy back there again. $2 million, I'd be good. I mean, he had the lowest passer rating when targeted, if I understood correctly. Or was, No, what was it? I'm trying to think, what was the PFF stat? Do you remember what it was, Jacob Emilio? It was something. It was either passer rating when targeted. I think it was passer rating when targeted. I think so. Yeah. He was just phenomenal in coverage when he was on the field. And maybe he was one of those guys that, that didn't like that too high shell look pre-snap because they said, you know, it came out, Wildy already spilled the beans that Darnell Savage in his exit interview, he talked to him in the locker room. Savage said he didn't like how we were calling plays. The only thing I can come up with, the only thing that's going to change is we're not going to pre-snap show a too high shell. We're just going to play in a cover one. Guys are already going to be in position. So that must have been what he had a problem with. Maybe John, maybe Rudy Ford did too. A.J. Dillon was at $1.3 We know his fair market value is somewhere around three and a half. Eric Wilson, I'd like to see him back for that somewhere around $1.2, $1.5 So these guys right here, everybody on this list, you can bring back no problem, mm -hmm. right? especially with the cap situation the way it is right now. We've showed you you could free up $20 million with David Bakhtiari. You could free up a, a max of $16 million with Kenny Clark, $14 million with Jair Alexander, uh, $11 million with Aaron Jones, Preston Smith, $11 million, Rashawn Gary, $8 million, Elton Jenkins, $9 million, and Devondre Campbell at $10 million. Those are kind of the maximum restructures that you could free up. You cut those in half, you could free up another $50 million if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Not saying the Packers will do that, but that's an option. So there's your 2024 free agents. Now let's look ahead to 2025, which is what William was kind of asking, right? So 2025, these are the guys who are set to be free agents, okay? David Bakhtiari, which he may not be on the roster before then. We all know that. Kenny Clark, right? Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, TJ Slayton, uh, Jonathan Ford, the defensive tackle. Uh, Gilbert, uh, Zion Gilbert, safety, Alex Magoo, um, quarterback, Aaron Mosby, linebacker, Isaiah McDuffie, linebacker, Dean Telford, tackle, and wide receiver, uh, Thyric Pitts, and then fullback, Henry Pearson. Some of these guys may be gone this year, but this is just how these are the, the free agents that are set for 2025. The unrestricted free agents end at Aaron Johnson. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Now, with that being said, what's the market value for those top guys? Here is the market value chart for Jordan Love, okay? Four years, $179 million, $44.8 million per on average, okay? That's what they're setting the market value at for Jordan Love according to Spocheck. Kenny Clark's actually goes down kind of, you know, significantly here, $16.7 per. You would actually, if I understood correctly, I think 
Kenny Clark. I don't have that pulled up right now. I think Kenny Clark is way more. Yeah, I know he's way more on the cap this year than than that number right there. I'm going to try to pull it up real quick and just make sure. I'm pretty sure this year his cap number is much higher. Yeah, Kenny Clark this year in 2024, the cap hit that we're, we're scheduled to absorb right now is $27.4 million. And I say that because his market value, you see, we have overpaid for Kenny Clark's production. There's no two ways about it. I think he's a great dude. I think he's a good player. I kind of feel like we overpaid for good there. Now, it could have been the scheme, and now that he's going to be playing a little more freely, fast, you know, with the with the one-gap approach of the 4-3 front, that may change. Maybe he goes back to the old Kenny Clark. Aaron Jones is another one, right? As far as cap hit this year, Aaron Jones's cap hit is set to be 17.5. We think there's a good chance that's going to get restructured, although it's not happened yet. So it's 17.5, and it's showing that um, his market value is going to be 5.1 million. So you could literally bring him back this year, right? Let his contract expire, let him test free agency, and probably get him back for a third of what we're paying him this year. So you're going to see the cap is going to get in an even better situation moving forward. Does that make that makes sense, Jake? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, so that's that's the whole point of like like doing these exercises to kind of put people's minds at ease. Like, if you want these players, you can have them, right? You can get them. It's just a matter of how does Goody where does Goody see the value? And and we know he loves to build through the draft. You got to kind of go back in the in the past too, Emilio, and be like, okay, what has he spent money on in the past? There's two things that come to mind: edge defender, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't think he's going to go in free agency and try to get an edge because we're right. set. And then safety. Remember when he went out and got Adrian Amos and they mm-hmm. spent money in safety? What do we need this year? Safety. Yep. If I was a betting man, and I am to a certain extent, <laughs> I would say. Probably a decent chance he gets a little bit active in free agency with safety. I think there's a decent chance there. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And Goody was the one that drafted Darnell, right? Am I right? Yeah. He, yeah. He dra- he drafted Darnell, yeah. I'm pretty sure. That was 2019. So, okay. so that and he's willing to go first round safety. So either one, either he's gonna either he's gonna dabble in the uh the free agency or you know, he's he's willing and able to pull the trigger on a first round safety too. Um, you know, so that's always something to look at. And going back to that that picture before, like, so for the two tight ends, just so I'm making sure, the two tight ends are around like a million apiece, right? So if we just pick up a tight end in the in the draft, they're already locked in for four under a million if we picked them up, you know, five, fifth, sixth, seventh round, right? Is that how I'm looking at that? What is it now? What was the question? I'm sorry. So the, the picture before that you had up, like looking at um, Josiah DeGuara and uh, Tyler Davis there. Uh, for, probably 2024 for, free agents. Yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah, so yeah. like, so the two tight ends are at um, the average annual value of 1.1 1. 1 or one 104 or whatever. So if you we pick up a tight end in the draft in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, they're already going to be at like 900,000 for four years, right? Bingo. That's the yeah, other yeah. thing. I'm so glad you pointed that out because the the real value of those rookie contracts is it's a four year deal. Right. And they can't even you you're not even allowed if if they came out and they were the best at their position, their rookie year, you're not even allowed by CBA standards to give them a contract extension until year three. So you're set on that number at two, but they're under contract for four years. You've really got control of their contract for four years. But that they what that done beautiful negotiating by the NFL loggers, obviously. I mean, they're freaking top notch. They what they did was all right, some of these players come out and have a huge rookie year, and then there's rumblings like, I want a deal, I want a deal, I want a deal. We don't want to set that type of precedent. Let's 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 put a rule in place where you can't even restructure your contract. Until right. So, yeah. 
But yeah, that, so that answered your question right there on Josada Guar, right? Yeah, so, no, it did. No, it did definitely. Because I mean, that's a deal. You know, what? Why? Why sign a older guy at one million for one year versus you know pick up a a young kid for four at nine hundred or eight six seven whatever? Right, and and unfortunately, Jacob, the same thing can be said about AJ Dillon, right, man? That's what sucks is like. If, if we go give AJ Dillon three and a half million, which is what his market value is for 2025, I believe. Um, does it got it on there? Let me see your market value. Yeah, yeah 3.5. If you go give him that 3.5, you could draft a running back. You could draft a running back, you know, with your top first round pick, and it'd probably be, it, it would definitely be cheaper than what you'd have to play, pay AJ Dillon, right? The question yeah. is, are you going to be able to find a back to do what he did? And I think he was kind of undervalued this year i think i think he had a great year i love what he run to the table in the passing game um you know i i thought he played good me personally the offensive line was booty cheeks at run block yeah i actually saw an interesting stat and i uh, it's something along the lines of out of that running back class the only other back that has more yardage out of any of the other backs right now is antonio gibson and so he's kind of went a little bit underneath the the radar i think got it yeah, there. I don't know, man. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to kind of see how everything falls in place here. These guys in the chat, man. I'll tell you what. A fam says Paul had a toaster strudel for breakfast. All right. <laughs> then he comes back and said and Doug had a gas station sandwich. All right. And then Doug comes back and says, A fam, you're having your usual spinach quiche, glass of some uh, soy <laughs> almond milk to wash it down. <laughs> guys are out of control. All right. Anything else y'all want to hit in on the salary cap there, fellas? Anything at all? Uh, I would just ask: Does Keyshawn Nixon's does that uh, market value does that show with you know the fact that he's the quote unquote number one returner in the league? Is that see that's yeah. that's what's tough, man? Is because that is based off of his comp playing in a starting slot, right? So you think, well, he's got more value as a returner. He does, but also with the special teams rules changes, right? It's like we know that value is continuing to go down too. Many people didn't realize he was the best returner in the game. Why didn't they realize that? Because there were so many touchbacks, right? It was just it's like okay, you're reducing the value there. Um, I've seen some people have his value set at four million. Um, I think Spotrack has it at one point seven. Probably right in between somewhere would be a good guess. They let him test the market, right? If they let him test the market and someone comes out and they offer him six million dollars, then. What do you do, right? Is he worth? Yeah, that's where you've got to you've got to do that analysis, right? That you know uh, cost value analysis of all right. Is it worth it to bring him in just to be the returner? Part of me wants to say yeah with the cap raising because he is that good, but at the same time, sometimes he's not returning punts either, though, right? And that's yeah. because he's playing slot and he's playing slot at kind of a mediocre level. So um, I, I would I would bring him back probably to the tune of four million. Six would be really rich for me, you know. But I think his value as a kick returner and you setting the floor in that slot corner room will be worth four to me for sure. So probably going to let him test the market a little bit and then come back. And maybe like Rudy Ford, you guys know last year I was going, man, Rudy Ford going to hit the market. He's going to get some money. They're going to lose him. He didn't get a damn offer. <laughs> and he came back for, what, 1.5, 1.2, whatever it was. So that could happen with Key too. You know, it could. And the other thing too is Keyshawn Nixon won't necessarily go with where all the money is either. He loves playing for Basaccia. He, he, you've seen he didn't want to jinx it. He didn't want to clean his locker out, right? Mm-hmm. Like he wants to be in Green Bay. So I think there's a good chance he'll be back. But um, and Are they keeping that touchback? Wasn't that a trial run this past year, or was that – am I wrong? I thought I, that 
I think they're keeping it. I'm not they sure. Are? Okay. Yeah, I would imagine they're keeping it. Um, that's their way of trying to save face from all the concussions and stuff. Yeah. That was an easy way for them to go. Nobody cares about special teams anyway. Let's 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 put a visual attempt out there. Let's show the common fan, the fan that doesn't keep up with this stuff too close. Let's show them that we're making a gesture. Hey, look, we're trying to make the game safer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but there's there's about five other scenarios on the field that's more dangerous. Yeah. Return. And they're yeah, just bounce your head off, bounce your head off the turf once and see how that feels. It doesn't right. feel great. And the number one answer, the number one answer, in my opinion, when it comes to concussions, is the turf. They don't want to, they don't want to realize it. When when someone's head's bouncing off of that turf and the way that surface is, that's what causes the concussion. Not mm-hmm. that grass won't either, but that it's been pretty much proven that turf will cause concussions more. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one big thing with their head smacking the turf. That and of course we talk about. You know, I didn't realize. I always just assumed that turf, your cleats are getting hung, and that's why you're it's rough on the joints. But when I talked to Mike Wall, he said, "No, it's the spring effect. Yeah, it's it's very bouncy, and that's what's rough on your joints. It's yeah. almost like playing on a trampoline. That's so. it. I played on uh, up in Lake Placid. We played a lacrosse uh, tournament, and they had uh, they had their fields on a um like an old landfill. They like covered it up, and then you played on it with that, and it was a grass field, but it felt like a turf. I mean, it felt like you were playing on like a hollow ground." running underneath man that's rough on the joints ain't it it's weird yeah it feels real weird because you know when you think about that kind of friction right and when your joints are going together and expanding constantly what's holding that together it's the Mm -hmm. it's your acl your pcl your mcl that's the stuff that keeps snapping so um all right cool didn't didn't know we were talking about ligaments but here we are um jacob let's talk draft bro um, we haven't talked to you in a while. What uh, what have you been finding out? Have you dug in anything? What are you excited about? Is there any players you like? What do you think? Uh, I guess yeah, what is it, Jake? <laughs> uh, I actually just kind of caught the draft bug really bad like two and a half nights ago, and I've been doing nice. that before. I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and I'll just start making lists. So, <laughs> <laughs> Went through, uh, if you guys haven't done your dude, check out nflbuzz.com. They got a really cool format, and the way it's it's just very easy on my eyes, and uh, it's kind of a different simulator. They let you um, use a couple different people's rankings and that kind of stuff. But so I threw a few lists of like my guys just for different um, uh, positions. Right now, I got cornerbacks and running backs done. But before I get into that, because I saw another stat that made me lose my mind. Uh, Dara Gallagher, if you follow him on Twitter, he's a good follow. He made a, he made a post the other day and I couldn't believe it, but in the 40 yard dash time, uh, he compared Daniel Whelan's split from the 10 to 20 yard mark. It was faster than, uh, like Jordy Nelson's and Christian Watson's. So for whatever reason, Daniel Whelan, that dude kicks it into second gear. Like nobody else. (laughs) It's crazy. You know what that excites me about Jacob is, uh, you know, the keeper on a field goal. I mean, if he's got that kind of speed, we just pull it right out from Carlson and I'm gone. You know, just Shane Falco, when he needs that last touchdown, just pull it right from Nigel. <laughs> and we don't have that that sound drop anymore, man. That's all right. We got to get that back in here for a minute. <laughs> but uh, I guess what incites me is when I first just blindly looked at the – when we did a mock a few weeks ago, I was like, ah, oh, the running back room looks a little light. But when you dive into it, it's really, really not. There's a couple gems, I think, in here, especially some in the later rounds. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys, what you feel about, like, Bucky Irwin or if you get to see, like, you know, the, what's your boy from uh, Notre Dame? What do you think of him? 
Audric. Audric yes to me. <laughs> the president of the fans ready to go. He looks he looks good, man. He just looks like a good fit for the Packers. His running style, and it seems like he's had three consistent years of being a pretty darn good idea. Jake uh, Jake's big on him too. I believe. Seems like I've heard yeah. him talk, talk pretty highly of him. So. You guys got any like draft crushes of your own or? We got ones. mine is Tyler Newbin. Sell the farm for Tyler Newbin. That's mine too. It's uh, it it's trade back and and you know, like I said, try to trade back to the end of the first round and take multiple swings to get the safety room fixed. That's the big thing for me. Um, as far as draft crushes though, I, you know me, I'm very boring with this, Jacob. You've done this with me for two years now. I'm not the guy that goes, "This is my guy. This is my guy." Right? Um, I got my favorite schools, and that's about it. I get more into the you know, kind of trying to find those gems where it's like, why are they dropping? Like last year, you you remember we talked about Puka Nakua. It's like, man, this dude on the field looked amazing. Why is he set so low? He gets drafted a little later, comes out and just absolutely dominates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those are the type of things I like to get into. But what about you, Mel? Do you have any any kind of draft crushes? I know we've done a lot. Um, of if we're talking that? running backs, I'd say the late round gem, I like that Isaiah Davis kid. From uh from South Dakota State, Jack Rabbit. We'll bring him in. Him and Tuck, um, Tucker are, are good friends. And if we're talking safety a little bit later on, I like uh Vaki from Utah. Here's Isaiah Davis's uh, numbers right here. Can you guys see this okay? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So 2021 grade, 86.9. Holy cow, Emilio. 2022, 89.0. 2023-94.8. Bro. And of course, obviously, you know, it's a small school, all that stuff. But man, yeah. if you're he, he's playing like that at a small school, that's what you're needing from, yeah, and, you know, from a guy like that. And he had way more gap attempts than zone attempts, 148 over 87. But the yards after contact suggests he could probably do it in any scheme. 900. He was eighth in the league in yards after contact. That is awesome. What's his what's his build? Six one two twenty. He hits the he hits those marks because of what is he? You got to be over five nine and you got to be over two hundred pounds. I remember Jake going through that. So yeah, dude, let's go right there, man. Um, who was the uh, who was the other one you said? Vaki, the safety from Utah. Right, we like this. He played. He plays a little off. He played a little running back. 300, 400 yards, two touchdowns. Sounds like a football player. Little return, man. Yeah, he's he's a baller. Yeah, and I know we looked at him. We liked him for his versatility late in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see his coverage grade, 69.2, but on the right side of average. 2022 was a 79.5. He dipped to a 66.8 in 2023, but this is what we liked was the slot snaps, 131 snaps mm-hmm. in the slot. Someone who could compete for that slot corner position and give you some versatility at safety, too. I like And that. I like that he was good in the you know previous year where maybe we maybe he'd kind of slide under the radar now. If he was better know, previous year, Packers would dive on something like that. Yeah, Goody, the Goody's got precedent there, right, for doing that, for sure. You, uh, what, about, what about you, Jacob? Any, anybody you want Chris Abrams' drain? Uh, what, what, what position? Cornerback for Missouri. I've seen his name several times. Let's see if we can find him. kind of my uh, – Later round crush that if he falls into like the third or fourth, I just can see the pattern. they've got him. They've got him ranked ninety fifth. All right, PFF 85.8. Pretty pretty solid there. Um, he's going to be an outside corner for the most part. He's played a little slot, but mostly outside a, a large majority of the time outside. Played a lot of snaps too, man. Twenty twenty two. He's going against kind of another tier of wide receiver talent. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And and when you look at like you kind of dive into into some of the 2023 comparables. Coverage grade is maxed the freak out. Can you guys see my cursor moving? Yeah. Okay, cool. 
coverage grade is just maxed out. Look at that, 89.9, right? Mm-hmm. Man coverage, 82.1. Going to see more man this year. That's a good fit, right? Zone 78.4, not too bad. Run defense is where the problem is, but we all know we're not drafting corners to play the run, although they need right. to be able to they need to be able to play the run. It's just yeah, it is what it is there. So yeah, not a bad one there either, man. Anybody else? I mean, as far I like Cam Hart. I just wanted to get your opinion on him because I've heard a lot of people kind of go back and forth on him. That's another Notre Dame guy. Yeah, I was gonna say, where did he go to school? I'm all over him, baby. Let's take it. Um, 2021, 70.8, 65.7, and then 83.3. Really well there at the end. A few uh, slot snaps, but mostly on the outside, right? Um, coverage grade again, 84.2. Darn near mm-hmm. maxed out. Run defense a lot better, 73.7. Man coverage, 81.0. And uh, zone coverage, 73.9. His completion percentage against, 53.6. Pretty good there. Um, yeah. And he's got no dropped interceptions. That was one thing Halfie was talking about. <laughs> got to be able to catch the ball. And look at this size. Does that not feel like a Richard Sherman, 6'2", 207? Uh-oh. Dang. Bro, that's some serious size at corner there. I just wonder what he'll uh, – what he will run. Let's look at the analysis. They got anything on analysis? Now, here's a guy. That's yeah. It. So, go ahead. Sorry, Amelia, do you, uh, what do you think about Frank Gore Jr.? Or how cool that would be? I do like Frank Gore. I do. After I re listened to Jake talking about him, though, he does just miss the cuff, I think, at uh, his measurables. Yeah. What's his size? I think he's five, five six. Eight. I think he's like five, eight or He's 5'8", 195. Okay. All right. Yeah. So he, all right. So I think he was one inch short of the 5'9, and he's not over 200, but he's got that, um, you know, he's got that legacy with him. You know, he's, he's, he's seen it. He's grown up with it. Yeah. And here's what's crazy too PFF 77.4, 91.6, 88.0. That's a stable as you're going to find. Yep. PFF wise, right? Look at what he ran the most. Look at his zone grade 89.6 in zone, 78.4 in gap. So he fits a zone scheme. His rushing right. grade was 90.2. He had 140 zone attempts and only 89 gap attempts. Now, what's crazy is they've got him 203 on the big board, right? 203. I'm going to hop over real quick. I'll keep this up so we don't have to get too many screens going. But I'm going to consist this big board while you guys continue talking here. I want to see where they got him going at for the most part, where they got him on their consensus big board. Anyway. And my yeah. thing is, is I, I would 100% rather take a running back a, like along these lines, 200 and up, you know, I don't see the need of taking one in the third round, fourth round. I really don't. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot more talent. I feel like they're back end heavy on the running backs and uh, there's a lot more talent mid round for, for other positions. Yeah, I would love if we traded back and had like a couple stabs at running back, like we, you know, when sometimes when you pepper in three wide receivers or three uh, yeah. other types, maybe some different body types. There's a guy named Kamani Vidal. And he is like five seven, but he's like two hundred pounds, and he's just a little brick, dude. Just a bowling ball, yeah. Just hitting the gutters, yes, yeah. So he peaked. Frank Gore Jr. peaked at one thirteen. He's sitting at one eighty on consensus big board. Now, when you do all the mocks, the top mocks he was taken in, um, six round, six round, six round, six round, six round, six round, and seventh round. So. Right. Sounds like he is projected to be a six-round pick. You take him in the fifth. Well, I'd be I'd be all about that pick. You kidding me? Whew. What else we got? Anybody else y'all want to hit real quick? Mm, the only other one I saw in the chat was uh wide receiver. Okay. My man uh Eldegrim had Hayden Hatton from Idaho, a little late round guy. Hayden Hatton. 
from Idaho. But are we taking a receiver? <laughs> Goody's going to take his first-round receiver this year? Dude, I, 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 would, I would laugh so damn hard if he took a receiver in the first round. Oh, oh, man, he's he's late, late. Yeah, he's yeah, really I don't, I don't remember seeing him. I don't either. I'm eager to see, though. Here we go, yeah, Hayden Hatton. Yeah. 281 Ooh. on PFS Big Board, 6'2", 205. Look at this. We might have us a gym here, boys. Uh-oh. We got 2021, 70.4, 91.8, 90.5. Played a lot of games, too. Mm-hmm. CB grade, 90.6, right? Um, great versus man coverage, not very good, which would suggest he, he got the majority of his stuff against zone, which is totally cool. But that's that's freaking wild right there. Yeah. Oh, God. And he played for who? Who is that? The Vandals? Who is that? Idaho. Idaho. Idaho, Utah, Idaho. Um, <laughs> six two two oh five red shirt uh, red shirt junior. I about said red shirt German. Oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> That's that cough syrup talking, boys. I'm telling you. Um, mostly, look at this. Look at this. Most drafted by the Jets, thirteen percent, and the Packers at eight percent. Uh oh. We may have found one. I love it. Who was it that said that in the chat? Uh, Eldegrim. Eldegrim. There you go, man. You're gonna get credit for that if they draft him. If they don't draft him, we're gonna give you hell. That's the way it's gonna work. Okay? <laughs> So that's, I'm going to write his name down, though. That's an interesting one there. Man. That's good size and everything. We'll see how he uh, he measures out combine-wise, right? He may, he may be slower than molasses, but we'll that's see. And that was from, uh, let's see, wide receiver from Idaho, right? Good deal. See, this is what I love doing right here. Mm-hmm. People on the pot are going, I hate it. I'm, I apologize, but we got to have some fun here. All right. What else we want to look at? What's, uh, do you guys know the start times for the combine? Is that really this week already? Yeah, I think it's – is it – I need to look at the exact schedule. I don't have the exact schedule pulled up. Let me go over to the Twitter bird real quick and see if uh, see if I can find that real quick. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I feel like that we should have – maybe have an episode where uh, between Tim, Emilio, myself, and you, we, we maybe make a few sleeper picks kind of for maybe a few different positions of need. Mm-hmm. And that way we can kind of take our – you guys can write them down, hold us to them, maybe mm-hmm. – uh, that way we get a little something, maybe a friendly, friendly gentleman's wager. You know, I don't know. Right. I like that. Yeah, I'm, good it, I'm good with it. Um, all right, let's see here. What do we got? This is it's kind of weird how the website's set up. Um, all right, so it says NFL Scouting Combine live drills begins Thursday, February 29th, with exclusive live coverage on NFL Network starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time. The full lineup below. So Thursday, February 29th. So this coming Thursday, right? At 3 p.m. Eastern, the defensive linemen and the linebackers. And then Friday, March the 1st, will be uh, at 3 p.m. will be the defensive backs and the tight ends. Then Saturday, March the 2nd at 1 p.m. will be the uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. And then Sunday, March the 3rd, 1 p.m. will be offensive linemen. So it looks like it kicks off to answer your question. The stuff that really matters is going to start on Thursday, February 29th. So there you go. Yeah, they're saying starts Monday, and that's what I heard too, man. That's the thing that when I pulled it up on the website there, unless I'm looking at something well, wrong. What I was just going to say is I wonder if they consider like interviews and that kind of stuff as part of the combine. And- when they get in and start measuring in and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, that would make a lot of sense. Let me go back out of NFL Network. And here's the, the Combine's actual website, not just the NFL's website. Let's see what they say here real quick as I got the internet spinning on me. I'm trying to think of a way, too, like as we build our boards. And I, I wanted to talk to you offline about how you, like, judge your criteria and how you actually put a number on that kind of stuff. And yeah, one of them I'm trying to think about is how do you put, 
like an actual hard number on how they interview because I know that it matters. You know what I mean? I, we've seen that it matters how they, you know, it came down to maybe that they just got a good feeling over the guy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm wondering if there's a way that we could like. Yeah, you know, I try to go based on and just so you know, the combine, the combine website saying the same, same thing February 29th. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe the players arrive that you know on Monday and right. say kind of do their interviews and everything first and get ready to perform. That could be the case too. So that probably makes the most sense. Um, to answer your question, Jake, by going if we're done with this, yeah, we're getting ready to wrap up anyway, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, to answer your question on that, so here's the thing, man. Do we got old mayor in the house? Oh, I saw a sighting. Oh, oh man, I got I got to see the profile. Look at the profile pic. Bang. Ooh. <laughs> it's got the long dart. Is that a Virginia Slim? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of them Paul Malls. <laughs> it came straight from Collier's Creek, Kentucky, right there. That's that's Paul Mall. Um, Omer said, need a, need a run stuffer. First two rounds, stud shut down cornerback, stud big, big hit and safety, a running back, mentors Jones replacement, center place kicker, two guards. One tackle, inside linebacker, Devondre will be cut. Ooh, all right, bold prediction. And a competent long snapper and a partridge in a pear tree. I like it. Omer, good to see you in here, buddy. Good to see you in here. What were we going to talk We were going to say something just now. What was it? Oh, um, combine. This is like the scouts that I've talked to and hearing scouts like Daniel Jeremiah they'll talk about it, the combine has its place, right? It's, it's very, very important. The way it's been explained to me is – the combine is used to confirm what the tape shows. Okay. That makes sense. What so basically it's it's not like, well, let's see how fast this guy is at the combine. It's the tape is man, these these guys, these are studs, right? Go to the combine. Yep, that confirms what we've seen on tape. I kind of feel like it's used more for that than it is, oh, he's slow. I know he looked great on tape. Nah, can't take him now. He ran in his underwear slow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. So I think that. I think that's how it's approached, Jacob. So to answer your question on my board, I only give bonuses for combine. I don't give any penalties. But I set my board in the earliest stages of the offseason because I want all the noise out. These guys are going to jump up and down on these boards because of combine numbers and pro day numbers so much that it's going to, at the end of the day, we're going to be sitting there on draft night and go, God, why? You know, how did that guy fall that far? And you could go back to the pre-combine process and see, damn, he was a stud. What happened? Because all all this, you've got all these media members too. I'll say this: some of them have got their inside into these universities, right? Like they they've got ties to universities, and that's how they get the inside story and this and that. Do you think for a second that friendship that they've built with that head coach, they're just going to go now? Friendship aside, I got to tell the truth on this player. He's mm-hmm. he's really bad now. That's not how that works, right? So they're propping some of these players up. That's why you see guys shift so much. You'll hear people, like, they'll jump 20, 30 spots and go, what happened? This is after the combine in some cases too, right? Because it's it's like the combine's over. There's no negative news has dropped on him. Why did he jump or drop so far? What just happened, right? I'm telling you it's because these guys are filtering in noise from these universities trying to prop their guys up. Now, why would the university care? When they go on these recruitment trips with these high school athletes, get players to go to college, Bill is shaking his head because he knows they're going in. They're going into these these houses and going, hey, look, you know, we had we had three guys taken in, a, in the top ten last year. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why it's important. There's a lot of politicking going on. So what I do, Jacob, is now is the time to get all your information in for your board. Get it all in. And now you have none of that noise during the combine and you can control the effects of the combine. 
That's that's been my goal over the years. It's worked pretty good. So, for example, I use RAS. If someone measures out in the nines on RAS, then they get a plus five or a minus five on my board. People are going, you're penalizing them? No. The lower the number, the higher the value on my board. So they'll go minus five. If they measure in the eights, they get minus three. If they measure in the sevens, they get a minus one. If they go below that, they get no bonus whatsoever. Okay. And then I've got personal scouts that I trust. And I say scouts, people that watch the tape. Greg Cosell is one. I listen for the players he's really hype on, Dontavian Wicks, people like that. And I will give them bonuses as well. If he's real big on a player, another minus five. That's how I end up with a handful of players that are in the negative that are kind of those elite players. And I've got my board pretty well up to date to this point. We don't have time to show it. I might show it tonight if we go live tonight. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I look at that. Did that answer your question, Jacob? Yeah, yeah. That's how I approach it, man. Because I, I, I can't stand that whole – you know, it's 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 another stage of lying seasons. What it is, what they call lying season. People just get there and they they blow smoke up your rear end trying to pump certain guys up, and and you'll see others get tore down too. Usually, that's because uh, you know somebody's mom's ex boyfriend decided they want to release a tape of someone smoking weed in the gas mask. You know, what I mean? like it's not a. There's always stuff going on behind the scenes, no doubt about it. So. It's an interesting season, though, man, and it's kind of it's a it's a great a great filler, a great way to bridge the gap to the mm-hmm. next year. That's no doubt. Yeah, and our combine stats will come out shortly. We'll get Clayton in the three cone, and we'll see how it comes out. We'll get <laughs> we'll get Jacob's vert. We'll get all these lined up for you. Uh, my, my three cone will say incomplete and in parentheses. <laughs> it'll say pull the butt cheek. That's what it'll say. I promise. I'm gonna have a worse hammy than Watson. Yeah. That, oh man. <laughs> my, my hammies feel like bread right now, bro. Dude, they, I they, you know, they screaming. My legs are jealous. We threw 20 yards <laughs> yesterday. I threw 20 yards in like four or five hours yesterday. I yeah. got home, sat down, and I couldn't move for like three hours. <laughs> Things are numb. <laughs> I love it. It's funny too, though, because in the mowing season, you know, I, I do a lot of mowing, hanging on to that that walk behind. Mm-hmm. So the arms and the shoulders stay pretty much in shape, but boy. You get below the chest on me, it's ugly. It is ugly, man. I got I about said a bad word. My brother referred to my ankles as a as a certain term, but we won't go into that. Yeah. <laughs> Clayton's out there on the mower. All he's thinking about is I tried this one chilling. Oh man. Ruined it. It's Bring Tim back. It clicked out. Ooh, never thought I'd miss Tim's drops. It, it lagged and he hit it twice. I've done it a thousand oh. times. I'm sorry, Emilio. I got I gotta do it to you. There it is. We need Tim back. Yeah, what's Tim doing? Tim, enough yeah. enough messing him with Milwaukee, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Um, I got some stuff. I got some errands to run. I got some more cough syrup to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you, the throat held up a little better than I thought it would. I woke up this morning, rode over, and I'm mm-hmm. like, this is not going to be good. What, James, what did you see? What did you see, Jacob? Paul Robertson called him Emilio Anders Carlson. <laughs> there it is. That's a good one. I like that, actually. Shanking it in the big Wide moments. left. <laughs> Way wide left, a million. Anders Carlson. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Y'all got anything else, Jacob? Any, any parting thoughts? You want to spill some knowledge on these folks? No, I have no knowledge to share. All right, cool. What about you, Emilio? This is all I got for Jacob. Sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent. No, his favorite one is this. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> All right, guys. Y'all have a good day. We'll see you. We'll possibly see you tonight. We'll see if there's anything to talk about. If so, you'll see a, a pod get scheduled for this evening, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. If not, we'll see you tomorrow morning. I'll let you guys know what the plan is. But I want to pre I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us. 
uh, today. You guys were awesome. Mike Hebring, thank you so much for the two super chats, buddy. You're always blessed, and we appreciate you. Good to see you in here. So with that being said, those of you listening on the pod, thank you for being. Uh, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go.